Joe, what did the kids with what did the kid with no hands get for his birthday? I don't know. Neither does he because he couldn't open it. (laughs) It was probably a new pair of hands. (laughs) Oh, oh, that that's um, that that's even better. That's called a tag, Uh, folks. What what do you call an alligator wearing a vest? Beats me. An investigator. Investigator. Yeah, it's a long way. Hello, everybody. This is Jacques. It's Joe. And for some reason, you decided to download Carnival Personnel. And I thank you for that. Because we have no unsubscribe button. You know how much money I had to (laughs) spend to delete the unsubscribe button from every available podcast platform? Man, you know, but I think it's going to pay off in spades. Um, You know, somebody pointed this out the other day, and I thought it was was very an interesting thought that – you know, four months ago, five people driving from the suburbs to Boston together in a carpool lane were environmentalists doing the Lord's work. Now, they're five people bent on killing everybody in the world. Um, if they get out of the car. If they, I mean, do, you, do, you, do you think it's time to get rid of the carpool lanes now? <laughs> Should we just say, hey, uh, no? Right. I, I think, yeah. If there's no place to go, then why have the carpool lane to begin with? I should. I uh, think it should just be a breakdown lane plus. Just like, like my life, one big breakdown lane. Yeah. So I'm guessing you're not a big uh, comic book guy t- who might know who Denny O'Neill is off the just from name alone. No, I don't. He. Uh, he passed away this week at 81. He is the modern-day architect of Batman. He was the one who took over the Batman comics in the late 70s um, and spun it from the campiness that spun off of the Adam West Batman 66 that was pervasive through the early and mid-70s with Batman and the Super Friends and Batman, you know, with Wendy and Marvin and Wonder Dog. (laughs) And he is the one that took Batman from that and made it dark and made it gritty and, you know, really made darker characters like Harley Quinn, you know. okay. Uh, he, He didn't create Harley Quinn, but that he was instrumental in making her a bigger character. Uh, also the writer on Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. But, you know, through the 70s, through, you know, a few years ago when he retired, he is truly the catalyst and the main voice behind taking Batman from the campy super friends to... The ambiguously gay duo. The Dark Knight, right, right. Um, so, you know, it's it's sad, you know, it's, uh, you know, 81 so you know you want to say like a good run and you know i i you know but i don't know how good a run it was i just know i've been a fan of his for a long time and it's uh it's sad anytime somebody you've been a fan of their work for like you know 40 years goes away oh rest in peace denny o'neill um so thursday was my birthday and it uh, was joe and i were just chatting about it joe was left off of a zoom call i didn't know i was having a zoom call i honestly as you know like to do absolutely nothing on my birthday um you know my my greatest wish for father's day is to not have to see my family you know you want to give me something (laughs) 
Give, give me the peace of mind for a day to pretend I don't have kids and are married. <laughs> um, so I got all my stuff done. You know, it was a, a volunteering day and did all the Zoom classes for the boys. It was just a regular day. And then I had an evening planned of watching Batman Begins. I hadn't decided which Star Wars film, um, and then maybe like either an Ishtar or an Endgame, but I, I did, or, 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 you know, a Pacific Rim, who knows, I like to mix things up, Joe, I like to mix things up, but on my birthday, I literally planned on spending the whole evening just binge watching this stuff, and I'm sitting there, and about a third the way through Batman Begins, minding my own business, and my wife hands me the tablet, uh, well, I can hear talking to uh one mr john taylor on the other line mm-hmm. you know and i'm like oh he must have called and then like biff came in and then it was like oh okay so she wants to set up an f and h thing um and i said you know i said oh you should let joe know she goes you talk to joe all the time i thought maybe you want to talk to these guys it's like i talk to john and biff all the time too <laughs> you know um and it was it was a great call uh it was fun because you know you you got to see the people who are taking um, taking stay in place seriously, like John. Who you know? I mean, I got nineteen seventy four hippie John. Is what is what is what I got. <laughs> it, it wasn't quite the dreads, but it was it was there. Um, you know, Guitar Center Scotty, which. Scotty hasn't worked at Guitar Center for maybe 10 years. And still, when his picture came up uh, on the bottom of the screen, you could see his name. It still says, you know, G, you know, SC. GCS, yeah, Guitar Center Scotty. GCS. And I'm like, that 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 was a highlight for me to be honest seeing that. But like he looked like evil Scotty, you know, his hair was longer and he had the goatee and all that stuff. So it was fun. And it was funny because, you know, a Biff and I, and I don't know if All-Star was on at the time, but we were talking about how crazy it is that some people in some of the ranks locally are trying to open back up. Like, our rank is is closed down, and it's and they're trying to sell it, sadly. It's the third rank, fourth rank, that F&H have moved to over the years because of closing ranks in Southern California. And But we were talking about how crazy it is that some people are trying to play pickup and there's stick time and all this stuff. And we're like, that's probably the worst thing you could be doing right now, like, you know, all this stuff. And then somebody jumped on the call, nice guy, no names mentioned, who is on the other side of the spectrum mm-hmm. and not only is dying to play hockey, but his whole family wants to play, including his wife, go skating. So... He can get into a pickup, but he feels bad because his sons want to play and his wife wants to do the skating and it's not fairly. I'm like, and this person, father-in-law passed away from COVID. He himself got it and was quarantined for two years, but is on the side of the fence that thinks two weeks, anybody who's young and healthy, it's fine. It's only old people that have to be worried. And it's ridiculous that we blew up the economy just because 150,000 people are dying. Ah, Okay. And you know, remember, remember the uh, the the podcast a couple of weeks ago when I told a certain vote of people, it's like, hey, just lose my number. I wish you well, but this is where, you know. And it wasn't that 
but it's that. And, and management who doesn't know this person well, only met maybe once or twice, um, is on the other side of the room. And I kept trying to have to, to hit the mic button because, you know, like, yeah. Getting uh, uh, some comments from the old peanut gallery, were we? But I will say the highlight of the Zoom meeting is uh, management's friend Tracy, or as you know, her fun bags, crashed the Zoom call in full clown makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Just all of a sudden, it's like, you know, it, it was, dude, it was full on. And all of a sudden, people are, are like, ah, or people who logged in after her, it's like, what did, what did I miss? <laughs> like, like, what the hell is this? Um, so, you know, unfortunately, I did not get to watch the three movies that I've seen a thousand times each by myself on the couch. On the upside, I did get to talk to, you know, the guys. And it w- it was literally, it's a perfect gift for me. There was no cleanup after. <laughs> there was no presents that I was given that's like, what the hell do I do with this? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know, oh, great. This will look great in the Lucian at Joe's house type thing. Uh-huh. Uh, um, but yeah, no, it, 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 it was it was a fun, you know, Zoom, uh, Zoom little painless, you know, get together. Yeah. So. Well, that's great, no. right? And you didn't have to shoot people out of your house. You're just like, okay, see ya. Well, <laughs> after the first, because it because it was 40 minutes, and then Zoom cut out. I'm like, oh, that was nice. And before I did anything, people started logging back in. Oh. Uh, after the second one, yeah, I kind of get my Irish goodbye. On everybody. <laughs> it's just like, you know, you know what? I don't, I don't have to pick this up anymore. I'm done, you know. Yeah. But it was, it, it, it was, it was great, and and you know, and it's funny because management also didn't like reach out to you know Dan or Hunt and those guys because she's like, you just had Dan Zoom big birthday call, like, and she knows it's like. I don't like to talk to too many people at once. Yeah, she knows the uh, the e- even virtually you have a capacity limit to yes. how many people you want to interact with. Sorry, <laughs> Zoom has a strict four person capacity <laughs> on my iPad at least. So so yeah, so that was great. But uh, but then you know, I mean, right back into uh, the awful of the world. But uh, before we get to the awful, speaking of movies. Uh, I guess I guess ABC last week had like a, uh, a Grease sing along, and we've talked about how. Wait a minute, Grease is considered a family friendly movie. You, you, you know, I mean, we saw it in the drive-in so many times, and then it was the ABC movie of the week, like once a year at eight o'clock. You know, the family get together <coughs> to watch if is Rizzo pregnant or not. You know, <coughs> and and you know the. The glorifying of smoking and all that stuff. And so they had this Zoom sing-along where all they did is during the song, like, have, like, different animations come up on the screen. Management loves the movie. Uh, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan. But, you know, we watched – she watched the whole thing. I watched most of it with her. And, like, you know, the boys were checking in and out last night. And then – we were going to watch something else, and she goes, oh, you know what? Let me see if Grease 2 is on something. Uh, yeah, Grease 2 never made my world, Joe. Like, I- I'm assuming you saw that first. I'm just going <laughs> to assume. I'm going to shock you here. No. Okay, all right. But so, and there's just a couple songs that she wanted to see. Because uh, they, uh, um, did they do that one, too? No, and, and and the Grease movie. There's a couple things she wanted to see if they edited it out, and you had to. You know, it's like well, you know, the Pussy Wagon. 
the pushing wagon, there was one thing about like, you know, you know, the car being so impressive, girls will show you their tits, uh-huh. you know, type thing. And they got it out. There's something they had it out for yeah. TV. But then she found Grease 2, and I don't know if it was like Amazon, but it was on something else. No, imdb.tv. And I, there's lots of movies on that, uh-huh. but you got commercials. Yeah. So here's your movie. <clears throat> so she just wanted to see two songs. And then for some reason, she's like, oh, maybe I'll go to Apple TV. And there was a two-pack of Grease and Grease 2 for 25 bucks, And she's like, oh, that's not bad. And I yell out, you're not buying Grease and Grease 2 for 25 bucks." She doesn't get upset. She just turns to me and goes, do you want to go through your movie library? <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized it's really not that bad of a deal. Right, exactly. <laughs> really, you you know, know what? You're losing money if you don't buy it. <laughs> That's what I said, Joe. So I'm like, yeah, I think I'm close to about 180 movies. So basically, the movie library is the exact opposite of your house. Yes. You know, everything on the movie library is Jacques Central, except for like maybe Management's Corner, like below the chiclets, but that doesn't include the erasers, (laughs) that kind of area. I like to say yes. And for the most part, yes. Um, however, when we got Apple TV is when we were living overseas and that was, the boys were, uh, to start off, they were like seven and five. I'm not proud of everything I've done in my life, Joe. I'm not. And the fact that I've paid for and have three, possibly four Alfred and the Chipmunk movies <laughs> on my Apple TV, I'm going to put those right up there. Uh, there's a couple, um, uh, signing, you know, things. There's a couple like, mm-hmm. like early kid phonic. Like, there's one, there's one school thing. You know, I'll try to find a screen grab and post it when we post this podcast. The animate, the CGI is so bad, and the songs are so insipid that my youngest one will periodically go back to it just to show his friends how bad this is. So, yeah, I mean, the Star Wars ones, it's 60-40, and the Star Trek ones, it's 65-35, and the Marvel ones are like 50-50, and uh, the DC ones are uh, mostly me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, so when she said that to it, it was, she was just so calm about it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a big slice to shut the fuck up now <laughs> and, and go back over here. Uh, you know what we don't have on the Apple TV and, uh, and why won't we buy it? Because it's, uh, it's out there on like, uh, I believe uh, Disney plus, and that would be, um, gone with the wind. I think you'd be mistaken. It, oh, it's on. H- oh. It was, it was on, on HBO max. Right? Yeah. On HBO max. You said Disney plus. Yes. Gone with the wind is gone. With baby, the wind. Baby, gone, baby, gone. Well, for now, it'll be back. It's actually probably back by the time we post this. I, I don't know how fast they can get that disclaimer up to tag to the front right. of Gone with the Wind. But, um, you know, I, I get it. I agree. I kind of agree with the sentiment. And, you know, actually doing some Twitter research, there's a guy I follow, Cliff Nesterhoff, who he's like a... A uh, showbiz and like an old showbiz writer, a historian person. He had a thread that said, "Look, 
the backlash against Gone with the Wind started before Gone with the Wind was even released. Like the NAACP was against it. Uh, all these other civil rights groups in the 1930s were like, look, this is a racist book that kind of whitewashes slavery and, you know, praises the Confederacy and, and, and kind of glorifies the South in that respect. And we think this is kind of a bullshit movie to make. But they were like, no, fuck you. It's a good book and we want to tell a story. And um, you know what? We, uh, we won the war. What? So- <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but the long story short, this isn't new. It's not like, oh, uh, now we finally like, you know, America's rubbing its eyes and seeing the sunlight and going, wow, wait a minute. Gone with the wind is racist. No, it's, we've, we've kind of always knew. But- you know, it's interesting because, you know, when we've talked about like Patton Oswalt has a great routine about, you know, he, he went to a, old movie theater in LA, like a revival movie theater that was showing this 1950, made in 1950, about 1850. And there was like some women like really upset. It's like, you know, oh, sure, the women folk have to clean and the men folk just, you know what I mean? It's like, you can't project today's norms on a 1950 movie based on 1850. But, but it's one of those things at the same time. Yeah. And I applaud them for doing it. It's like, of, to take a two second time out you know what I mean? They're not saying we're burning all copies of this movie, right? And 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 you will never see it again. I mean, it does. You would have ask- thought it was the new Ghostbusters, is what the reaction was like. <laughs> you know, which I didn't hate, and I, I'm sorry. I mean, like, look, me me not hating the the. I have to. You have to come to terms with me actually kind of liking the new Ghostbusters, and I have to come to terms with you not understanding that Batman vs. Superman is a 9.9. Out of 100, (laughs) as as Biff said (laughs) on Twitter. Anyway, Right into the propeller. Walked right into the propeller. But back to Gone with the Wind. Yeah, so, so, I mean, you know, there is historical significance to it. The the woman who played... uh, Mammy, uh, she Hattie McDaniel uh, was the first, you know, African American, you know, to win an Academy Award, and sadly, it was sixty-one years before Halle Berry won a supporting best supporting actress role. And in, 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 in this woman, I mean, she had a great career, but she had to get an exemption waiver to go to the Academy Award because it was inside the Ambassador Theater where 29 years later, um, Bobby Kennedy was shot, but it was a whites-only hotel. Yep. You know, and she couldn't go to the after party because it was held at a whites-only club. So, I mean, it's it, but but it was historical. I mean, she won that. Taking into, ca- into account inflation, and the price of theater tickets, it's still the highest grossing movie of all time. Doesn't make it right. But but yeah, I mean, right now, what does it hurt to take a time out and say, hey, we're not going to say you're an awful person for watching this movie. But and there is context. It's a different era. It's a different time, all that stuff. But yeah, what does it hurt to pull it down, have a discussion about it? Because you know? Twitter can't wait. Twitter cannot wait. You hear the report HBO is pulling. Well, first of all, it's. The, the initial report is HBO's pulling Gone with the Wind. Boom. Like, there was no... They're going to pull it for this, or they're going to pull it because of that. It's HBO's pulling Gone with the Wind. Immediately, the right-wing conspiracists and, and, and the others are like, 
Oh no, they're they're trying to erase history because of uh, you, you know political correctness and social justice warriorness and and then you learn like oh no no they're just going to put a little tag at the beginning like you know Turner Classic Movies pretty much does with all these types of movies. So and by the way, getting back to the winning of the Oscar by Hattie McDaniel, the um, that kind that event essentially kind of quelled all of the uproar about the racism inherent to the movie up to that point you know so so it's just like this is a racist movie why is this out there it's glorifying the south but the black woman won the academy award oh well it's okay then all's well that ends well you know it's a fine movie it's the greatest movie of all time yeah the speech is a little hard you know she says you know i i you know i hope i'm always a credit to my race it's like it's just you know it's 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 part of the time and it's like oh we, you know, when I, when I was researching that and reading up about that, it's like, you know, and again, w- with everything that's going on, we're not saying you're never going to be able to watch your movies. Yeah, it's like, you know, Dukes of Hazzard is not coming back on main TV. You know what I mean? It's not, you know, unless, unless they can out. I, Exactly. Unless they can do some sort of erasing. Like, I don't know what you could put in its place. Like, maybe you could put. I don't know, like an STP logo or something on it. Can you get a new sponsor every week? Can the General Lee, the General Lee itself would have to be renamed. Oh, well, speaking about, you know, um, uh, you know, liberal snowflakes being up in arms. uh, Tucker Carlson is also up in arms. Wait, he's not a liberal, but he is a snowflake. He's up in arms about Elmer Fudd not being able to have a gun on the new Looney Tunes, which you said is pretty great. And I actually watched some of it and I don't, I didn't, Turn it off because Elmer Fudd. I swear know, to God, his... I didn't even notice he wasn't brandishing a gun in the new cartoons. And if I did, I was like, eh, I got, I, I didn't give a shit. It was they were still funny, and of course he's not going to carry a gun. I mean, it's it's it's, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of a, it's kind of ridiculous to be upset that Elmer Fudd isn't going to be carrying a gun in a new, brand new like modern day set in the. 2020s cartoon about Bugs Bunny. I mean, should they be also be upset that Bugs Bunny is carrying an iPhone? Like, you know, he never carried an iPhone in the 40s. Well, the next thing you're gonna you're gonna probably hear is like, what are they gonna get all upset because Elmo's dad talks to him about inclusion? <laughs> I guess they did. I guess they did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't know anything about Fox if it wasn't for people on Twitter saying. Hey, look at these assholes getting literally like losing their shit because Elmo's dad had a talk to him. And it's funny because like, you know, Tucker Carlson goes, it's like, yeah, like, you know, this new version of Sesame Street, like, you know, making, you know, try, you know, um, I'm trying to, cause I don't, I couldn't watch the whole clip, but I guess he's upset because like, you know, it's, it's, it's like trying to build every kids self-esteem and making everything like equal and like or it's, oh, it's, have it, to include everything. I think know, it's, it's also like, trying I think Tucker Carlson's point was that the Elmo's dad talking about racism to Elmo is equivalent to black kids priming or people that are, people of color their parents priming their kids to say hey you know what racism's out there so if you know if anything bad happens to you it's because of that you know that kind of thing it's it's sort of like it's setting kids of color up to fail sort of or blaming whitey right away right out of the box right out of the right out of the bag like hey kids 
you know that skin color of yours? It's not the one that's in charge right now in the country you live in. <laughs> and, you know, uh, people are going to have a problem with that. So, I don't know. But it's just seeing them get so unhinged about, like, you know, po- post-Newtown not wanting to have an animated show that is going to gravitate to old fucks like you and me and kids. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, oh, oh my God, you know. Um, but, you know, it is. It's it's one of those weeks. It's been a, it's been an interesting and slash rough week, you know, around here because, you know, we've gone through this several times over the last few years when you find out, oh, you know, Louis C.K. might um, – might have some uh, creepy fucking issues to deal with, and then the the whole uh, the whole Bill Cosby thing, and it's like can can you separate the art from the artist at one point type thing? And we've had this discussion a lot, and it's very hard, and it's it's hard when your heroes turn out to be pieces of shit. Management this week is very upset that it turns out, um, um, oh, what's her face, J.K. Rowling? Yep, is uh transphobic. Is, is is uh, transphobic? Thank you. I, that's a nicer way than what I was going to say. You're going to say, uh, you know, a a sweaty c word? Where are you going? <laughs> Something. I wasn't going to do that. Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, she she she's transphobic, but at the same time, she changed her pen name to J.K. because, you know, either she thought or a publisher's thought a woman, uh, you know, boys wouldn't buy a. A, a book about a young boy wizard written by a woman. So she kind of hid, you know, her gender in order to sell her books. And so management loves the books. They're, they're some of her favorite books. Absolutely loves the movies. It was my highlight last year when we went to L.A. was seeing the real life Millennium Falcon or actual size Millennium Falcon and flying it. And I was in tears. She, 24 hours, felt the same way when we hit Universal Studios and saw Hogwarts. You know what I mean? And so she loves it. So she's like, well, I can't unread the book. She's already a billionaire, so I mean not. But it is. It's been really upsetting to her because I guess she kept doubling down. Like, you know, instead of saying, oh, maybe this isn't, you know, a fight I want to be picking, even when the guy who played Harry Potter, Radcliffe, is that his name? Daniel Radcliffe. You know, for years has been... I don't know if he's gay, but I guess he's been a big spokesperson, you know, for the LGBT movement, uh, has come out. It's like, look, I thank her for my career, but I will always fight for, you know, um, trans rights and trans gay rights, rights and yeah. all that stuff. You know, so it, it was it was tough for her. I don't know. If, I don't know. Are you weighing on the Harry Potter? Oh, well, I I think my wife is in the same boat as yours is, is that she loves Harry Potter. She loved the movies. She loved the, she loved the books and is upset that, uh, you know, J.K. Rowling's transphobic. I guess the only bright side or silver lining or sh- glimmer of hope is that these are comments that she made now that maybe she can learn from and change. It's not like she raped somebody or did, or killed somebody. It's not like a right. definitive thing where it's like, this is like a tarnishment on your record of life. Like this is, it's not, it's not something irreparable. It's something that right. maybe she can, maybe if she opens her mind to it with her billions of dollars um, and doesn't decide to just, you know, retire to her castle and then just live in her own fantasy Hogwarts of her own, 
maybe learn from and grow from and maybe do a mea culpa down the road and hopefully people kind of forget about it or not forget about it but like forgive but you know what we live in a forgiving society we don't just cancel people right oh out sure bag. right no we're not can- you, but but you know how some news that came to light like so you know there's an actor on the on the show the flash that my you know management and i really like who turned out to um not delete his tweets from several years ago and they were kind of disturbing in other ways like beyond misogynistic but like really dexter dark you know like like the guy who plays uh i forget his name now but he plays uh elongated man on the flash great character fun character you know but yeah he's now out of a job and it's like you know his tweets but but here's here's one of these people that uh will actually affect our life in some small way jk rowling won't you know being a piece of crap um joe Maybe you will continue to go to the Mendow Drive-In movie theaters what? when it's safe to go to drive-in movie theaters. The Menden Drive-In. Menden Drive-In. Yeah, uh, my family will no longer be visiting that place. Although we liked it very much and went there two or three times every summer. Uh oh. It is owned by one Dave Edelman, who you know from My TV Thirty Eight. Oh, Dave Andelman. Andelman, thank you. Oh. Uh, turns out, what what's the nicest way I can say flaming piece of shit? Uh, oh, I don't know, Tom Brady. <laughs> don't go down the rabbit hole of reading his Twitter timeline. Uh, it's all right that he's conservative and will always stand for the flag, and uh, you know, but you know, um, somebody who kept saying awful things on a regular basis, like you're scrolling back, scrolling back, waiting for him to say something that doesn't make you say, Oh, you were born rich. And you know, you were born on third base. You think you hit a triple. And and, you know, the only thing I've seen more white privilege than him is, um, I think it's called, uh, you know, dig BT is a website. Um, our good friend John Taylor says, oh, if you want to see white privilege, uh, the Manhattan Beach uh, yearbook club or the Manhattan Beach High School, like, post it, like, all the graduation photos. Wow. <laughs> just, just. I don't know what that is. I don't know. Uh, Manhattan, Be- Manhattan Beach, um, California is a very rich, very white town. Uh-huh. And, and so I, fu- I went and checked out the website. He said, yeah, you might want to, because we were talking about white privilege. It's like, if you have trouble defining exactly what it is, just give people this website. I see. <laughs> and, okay. and just like, yeah, but, but anyways, it's sad because it's like the comments that this guy makes are, are at the point where it's like, you know what, again, like what, Nate, uh, what no, oh, like what kind of comments? A racist, um, like you know what these darkies? I'll tell you. You got a minute? <laughs> with, with you know, without saying that, yes, yes, he walked right up to the line with. Didn't use the N word. Right. Didn't use you know. Didn't he? Didn't say so these n- people. <laughs> the sh- let's just put it like this: the sheriff is near. uh so so it's at the point where you know i am i'm I'm gonna be a snowflake i'm going to call 338 on monday and i'm gonna say i'm really bummed that i will not be able to watch the three stooge marathon like i do every year for the past 30 years or new years 
because he is hosting it. So do do what you want. I'll I'll also like write a letter to the GM. You know, it's like, will will it mean anything? Probably not. But I also it's sad because we like that. If this was the eighties, you could have asked the manager. I could have asked the manager. (laughs) You and 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 then we could have like you know not knocked, gone on around (laughs) the town and not knocked. Right. And then maybe watch your Bruins game. Uh, but yeah, so 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 it, it, that actually hits home. But it's here, 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 here's something. Oh, sorry, Dad. Here's something um, I did want to say. Sometimes you find out about somebody you like and they turn out to be a piece of shit. But then there's sometimes something surfaces from the past of somebody you really like and it makes you love them even more. Uh, I saw this on Twitter the other day. I'll put it on, you know on my timeline again when we and when we post this and I'll and I'll tag the show. David Bowie in nineteen eighty three is getting interviewed by uh Mark Goodman, who was like the biggest VJ on MTV at the time. And it's a nice conversation, but point blank asked Mark Goodman, why do I not see any black artists on MTV? Two years old watching. MTV. I, right, right, but at the time, eighty three, it was it. I mean, MTV was everything in 1983. Absolutely everything. And Bowie's, Bowie in 83, you know, at this point, Bowie has a very successful 14, 15 year career, you know, pre Siggy Stardust, through Siggy Stardust, through the phase he was in then. Um, I think, I think that was the China Girl phase, which was a number one hit for him, written by Iggy Pop and put out on the Iggy Pop's second solo album. Produced by David Bowie in 1973. Uh, I'll show myself out. Yeah. Uh, but but he flat out, and he's a nice conversation, but he's like, yeah, you know, and, and Mark Goodman's like, well, they're trying to, you know, blah, 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 you know, certain music at some times, you know, we're trying to broaden the fan base. And then he's like, yeah, so if you watch at 2, 3 in the morning, you can see something. But, you know, and then and then Mark Goodman gets pressed on it. And, and, and David Bowie's pressing without pressing. And and Mark Goodman says the quiet part out loud. He's like, "Well, yeah, we can't though just cater to New York and Los Angeles and Chicago. Like, we got to worry about the people in Poughkeepsie or the people in like the South or the Midwest who might be scared of seeing certain artists." And he's like, "And they were always like, no, no, not just any artist." Seeing a face on MTV like Prince face. scared me. Wait, do you see the clip? Because yeah. he flat out mentions Prince. Oh yeah, yeah. By the way. Midwestern guy. <laughs> Midwestern guy who I think the year later wins the Music Academy Award for... Um, I like the Grammy? For, 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 no, he won the Academy Award for the oh, Purple, Purple Rain, Rain soundtrack. Yeah, like yeah, Purple yeah. Rain. You know, it, it's like, it, uh, yeah, the actress uh, Hattie from uh, Hattie McDaniels from Gone with the Wind, there wasn't another black woman who won an Academy Award oh, okay. to Halle Berry. But, you know, Sidney Poitier had, yep. Prince had, like... I think Harry Belafonte, you know, won an Academy Award for a song. And so, so, but no leading actor, leading actress, best supporting actor. It's okay. It's fine. Like Nobody's going to call you on your bullshit. Doesn't no, matter. No, but, but yeah. But a year later, Prince is winning the Academy Award for the Purple Rain soundtrack. And yet, here's Mark Goodman saying, you know, oh. Prince is going to fuck people up in, you know, in Arizona if they see a black guy on TV. Yeah. And then if one of the fine points made on that, uh, commenting on the David Bowie interview is that towards the end when Mark Goodman kind of makes the case and he says, well, this is why we don't have more black artists. David Bowie in his 
very genteel British way says, I can understand your point, you know, yeah. with that sort of eye roll and very classy, but non, you know, basically saying, okay, I get it. You cater to racists. That's where the money is. Right. And he, 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 his face said everything, you know, and it's like, look, David Bowie is just, I mean, he's been, he's been dead a few years. He's been in the public eye for 50 years you don't hear a lot of skeletons about the guy, you know, I mean, you know, he was the, the pioneer, the, the glam movement, you know, his, his under pressure is my absolute favorite. Literally it is my all time favorite non Dan Cray song period. The end, you know, with Freddie Mercury, you know what I mean? His, I don't know if he was ever married, but he had a long relationship. Oh, what is her name? Very famous black, um, English model. Oh, Iman. Uh, you know, he has a, he has he, a, a biracial. Iman, right? I think so. Yes. Uh, biracial child. I mean, he's, he's been the most progressive person long before progressive. So, so l l let's recap what we've said so far. So the liberals are all upset about Harry Potter and NASCAR <laughs> is leading the way with progressiveness this week. Joe, uh, we are in the upside down. <laughs> like we're in the upside down. We're in the inside out. What's the what's the what's the word for the most unplausible state we could possibly be living in right now? Oh yeah, yeah, twenty twenty. We're, we're we're in twenty twenty, where NASCAR is leading the charge and doubling down on inclusiveness. And, and, and enlightenment and in growth, um, you know, for for them to ban the Confederate flag at their races at the same time, like the state of Ohio banned to not ban them. It's like if you are trailing NASCAR <laughs> and progressiveness, <laughs> you, my friend, are on the wrong side of history. Yeah, I wonder how deep that's going to go because it's not just, I mean, is, are they just, they're going to ban all Confederate flag imagery, right? Yes, yes. No and like shirts, no, uh, no earrings. Shoes. Masks. And people are going to be wearing Confederate right, no, flag masks. They're, they're, uh, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting because they're, you know, they're going to open to fans in a couple weeks. They're planning on on opening the racetrack, I believe, in Talladega in a few weeks. I believe so. I mean, they've been racing for about a month now, but they're going, and I don't know how social distancing and how spread out the fans are going to be, but mm. they're saying, like, on the properties, and the, let me explain how NASCAR works. Um, you own a track. There, there are, I believe there are 16, 15 or 16 NASCAR tracks, and you own your track. You, you're a business owner, you own your track. Like a couple of tracks are like eight tracks are owned by one conglomerate, like five or six tracks by another conglomerate. But you own your track, except the week that NASCAR comes in. From, from the minute the last race ends on Sunday night in the next city until your race ends, NASCAR controls your grounds, your signage, and your property. It's like so a NASCAR you, embassy. Right. They, they, that's like NASCAR ground for that week. And, and so 51 weeks of the year, you call the shots. But if NASCAR comes there, 
like and and it's a NASCAR thing that you have to ban the Connecticut the Confederate flag in the parking lot. Then and then if a truck has it, it's going to be interesting if they're like, I see that you bought your ticket, but you can't bring that truck in here. And how strong it's going to be enforced in some places, I don't know. Uh, and how and how much you know Jethro's going to fight to bring his flag in, and it's like if he's going to be sitting there. For, first of all, let me correct you on something, Joe. You said. Are, are they going to have NASCAR uh, Confederate flag masks? Let me ask you. Do you think somebody's going to a NASCAR race is the kind of person who generally wears masks? <laughs> no, I think they will just to make the point. That's it. I think All that's right. the that's going to be the selling point. What we can wear flags on our faces to to f with the liberals. Let's do it. And it's great because one truck driver, like, you know, he like is resigning from NASCAR at the end of the year because of this. And it's like everybody posts his career stats. He's 50. He's entered 39 races and never finished in the top. You know what, Joe? If the Bruins don't ban peanuts, I'm not going to play for them anymore. (laughs) (laughs) If the Boston Garden continues, I have a son with a peanut allergy and in protest, if the Bruins don't stop selling peanuts at the Boston Garden, I will no longer lace them up for the black and gold. I said it fair, you know, but, but it is. It's like, but the fact that Nat, you know, last week Goodell and the NFL set, you know, started to take steps in the right direction. Um, the NFL is no, is now going to formally recognize uh, uh, June. I, I, I'm sorry. How do I say Juneteenth? Thank you. You know, they're going. By the way, I'm 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 schooling you on a word that I learned like two years ago. Okay, thank you. Yeah, well, so so I mean, it's great that NASCAR is doing it. Uh, Sadly, we'll talk about a little awful stuff, and I'll start by they just changed it as of today. They just changed it, but um, you know, Bunker Boy was planning to go to Tucson on Juneteenth and have his first rally. Not Tucson. No, no, um, uh, uh, um, Tulsa. Tulsa, Tulsa, which I'll be honest, I don't know enough black history. I don't know enough black history. Uh, I, I, I can name the Martin Luther King stuff, the Harriet Tubman stuff, you know, the George Washington Carver stuff. Uh, but I don't know my black history enough. I didn't know about Black Wall Street until a few months ago. On HBO's Watchmen. Yeah. Because that was a big plot point. And when I was watching that, I went back and I was like, This was a real a thing? I, I went to college. I took a black history class in college. I minored in history at one point. Um, and I didn't know about this. And I, it's like, I, you know, and so anyways, so hmm. to have to have your first rally in the, in the city of the big... During, I do I don't know if we call them the civil unrest that's going on now. We are on the verge of race riots, basically, and essentially that's what it is. Um, and it's police riots, it's police brutality riots, but it's police brutality beating the crap out of black kids or killing black people. Um, so he's going to have it there on that date, Joe. A lot of work and a lot of planning have to go into making a coincidence happen. You would think, or a lot of non-research and not giving a shit, but it's probably not that. It's probably, hey, you know what? Um, as, as somebody, uh, I, Stephen Miller, 
Stephen Miller. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think as somebody, uh, I was watching Real Time with Bill Maher this week, and I think I think it was Larry Wilmore who said, as a guest, he was on there. He, they were talking about this. It's like it's not even a dog whistle anymore; it's a dog bullhorn. Yeah. Well, okay. I I I I'm optimistic. I'm young-eyed and. And, and just happy-go-lucky, and I'm going to say it's a complete coincidence that on that specific day and that specific city and the most and the biggest and the biggest civil rights uprising in 50 plus years, you're going to have it. Okay, coincidence. I'm I'm on board. I forgive you. I buy it. But then, just two days ago, three days ago now, on the fourth anniversary of the Pulse nightclub massacre. That's the perfect day to repeal the LGBT protections that Obama signed into law as regard to health care. I don't know if you heard that as well. Again, an amazing coincidence that on the day, the fourth year anniversary of the biggest massacre, you know, in homophobia history, this that's the specific day that you have to repeal LGBT rights put in by the black guy. It's yeah. like, and there's been a lot of those types of coincidences in the past years with, you know, certain signings of certain acts and that either uh, rescind freedoms or um, put on new restrictions on oppressed groups on certain days that line up with their respective, you know, um, I'm. I'm kind of babbling on here because I'm not supposed to be talking on a microphone in public, but there's a lot of those types of situations going on with the Trump administration over. So, uh, you know, I was just going to say that, you know, uh, army general, like Mark Milley, the backpedaling he's done last, and not even backpedaling. He gave a commencement, uh, speech at, at one of the, um, it wasn't West point. That's where Fuckstick did it on Saturday. Um, but he gave a commencement speech Flat out saying how wrong he was to be part of that parade, that PR stunt, that the military is not supposed to be involved in political stunts and political activities and that we're neutral and that it was wrong that he was wearing camo and escorted the president to the uh, to the holding the Bible upside down in front of the church after, you know, and uh, and so so he's and and the funny thing is I haven't heard. Uh, bunker boy going nuts because usually if somebody uh betrays him or you know speaks out against him in any way you know they're fired or they're weak or he just attacks them on twitter but he hasn't said anything which i thought was very interesting that um mm. that the general had said that and and it hasn't you know um by the way joe before we move on to i believe i don't want to get too excited we might have a uh, an unsolicited by me, self-indulgent theater, and possibly a new defunct sponsor really week. But uh, but before we get to that, you know, I'm not worried yet about the second wave of COVID because it turns out Texas, Florida, Arizona, and a few other states have not had their peak yet. But they're getting there. If you've been following that, as much as Arizona's been trying to hide it, as much as Texas has been trying to hide it, as much as Florida will not release public numbers, uh, but the numbers are coming out, and uh, yeah, they haven't they haven't flattened the curve yet, you know. So let's not worry about the second wave because we're right in the middle of the first wave. But hey, let's uh let's get those rallies started, Joe. Don't know if you've seen the residents of Texas, but they're not 
not too good about flattening curves. It's just, <laughs> just they are overweight. Fatsos, as they used to call them. Great. Now somebody's going to cancel our show, Joe. I hope so, please. <laughs> Is that all it took? I would have called you fat three years ago, Jacques. <laughs> Worst Joe impression ever. <laughs> no, I bought it. Did you do the whole show as me? All you have to say is um, and then pause for three minutes. <laughs> so, um, speaking of which, I guess we'll do, maybe I, I'm inspired to do a, a, a minor self-indulgent theater, but I kind of need a, a, a tag team partner on this one. So, I'll bring it up in TV later, but I've been starting uh, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, on a regular basis now because of HBO Max, and it's... Uh, Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah, it's a, only a 20-year-old show that I've all but ignored. Even during the uh, 10 years that I had HBO as a subscription on my cable package. Did you start with season two? No, I did not. Yeah, I, I did not. I usually start with the sequels because I'm stupid. <laughs> you're young and you came out. You were born after the good originals came out. True, so fault. true, true. Uh, so yeah, what I was thinking of is like, you know, I know that those shows have a, a formula. I didn't realize how overt and how cartoonish the delivery was with the characters on the show, like how everybody hates Larry David right out of the box. Like, unless they're like, you know, the only people who kind of like him are maybe his family at first and then they turn on him on a dime or maybe his uh, business partners or associates at first, and then something happens, and they turn on him on a dime. And it's not always his fault. It could just be, you know, something he said or um, something that they wanted him to do that he didn't do. Uh, something they thought that he did that it really was. No, it's a big misunderstanding. You know, it's. I had a lot more fun and maybe less anxiety watching Three's Company misunderstandings <laughs> as I did this. And I know you don't want to watch the show for. For myriad reasons, but one of them is probably how cringy it is. Like it's just, yes. it's so uncomfortable. It's just like, and and a lot of it's funny, obviously, but a lot of it's just like, oh, that's so unfair. That's like, you know, like when you would watch a Tom and Jerry cartoon, and Tom would be like, actually, like you know, Jerry would jump in Tom's mouth, and then the 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 woman would come in, you know, Mammy or whatever she was called, she would be like Thomas, and then he's like, no, but it's not my fault. That's Larry David. Right, yeah, Larry yep. David is Tom Cat with. Jerry jumping into his mouth. So with that long spiel of how I perceive Kirby enthusiasm, I wondered, you know, how would Larry David or Curb, you know, handle the COVID-19 pandemic? And I thought maybe we could do kind of an improv thing right now where I could be Larry David and you could be a stranger. And the premise would be I'm coming out of a grocery store. I get in my car and I take my mask off. But I'm not quite out of the parking lot yet. And somebody walking out of the store sees me not wearing a mask, but I'm in my car. And maybe my, my window is rolled down, okay? And you're an indignant shopper who sees me and says, no, this is not right. You're going to call me out on it. You know, you're wearing your mask. You're following the rules. You're out in public. You know, and I'm like, well, I'm in my car. And maybe we can go from there. Okay. So, okay. so you, just, right. you just rap on my window. All right. Here we go. Ready? Take one. Yeah, well, what do you want? Mask. Mask. Yeah, what? I, yeah, I, I have my mask. I guess it's right here. Yeah, 
Your mask doesn't help you in your hand. It only helps you when it's on your face. It only helps me if it's on your face. It was on my face. I, I wore it in the store. I had you're the, not wearing it now. But I had the mask in the store. You're old. You of anybody should have a mask. I have the mask. Look, right here. It's in my hand. I took it off. I'm in my car. I'm not bothering anybody. What do you want? You got your mask. You're fine. But you're and talking to me right now. Because you came in my car. Yes, I came to your car because you didn't have a mask on. But, but of course, I don't, I don't mean my, I'm in my car. What, what, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to wear my mask? I'm supposed to you know, fog up my glasses so that I can't see when I'm driving? I'm wearing my mask. Do you want me to wear my mask everywhere? Of course, I, I wear my mask in public. What do you want me to do? Oh, you know what? Wear your mask when you're fucking your wife tonight. How about that, pal? When you're at home, why don't you wear that mask while fucking, while eating her out? While you're eating out your wife, why don't you wear the mask, all right? And see how you like it. My wife died of COVID three weeks ago. Bum, 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 See, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> See, I don't mind bringing the cringe. It's watching. I am the king, the absolute undisputed king of running my nails down the chalkboard. But if some other sick fuck comes along and does it, I can't take it. I got to say, that was really nice. I like the, the, the button at the end where my wife died of COVID. Brilliant. That was genius. I think we make a good team. All right, let's, we, we should do some comedy together. No, we that's it. A, no, that's it. <laughs> Go out on top. Yes, just, you know, I'm out. Like Taylor always says that somebody scores a really nice goal or or Biff plays a great game, they're like, burn the equipment in the parking lot. You're done. Just, just don't come back. Like you're done. Like, like I've actually scored, you know, not often, but I've scored a couple of nice goals on F and H and left. Like literally, <laughs> with 20 minutes left, if I make a great move, stick drop. You know, like I will just leave because you know <laughs> what am I going to do in the next fifteen minutes? Right. Like, so, so no. So I'm just done. No, that was fantastic. Thank you, Joe. All right. Well, now, like you said, Moonlight. Let's bring back another classic of Carnival personnel. You know what? A lot of things have been going on in the in the zeitgeist this week, and a lot of defunctness has been happening. I want to say, and uh, we have a a new defunct sponsor this week. So, here it is. Saturday, in a city that never sleeps. You got a gun? Yes, I do. Put your hands on the car! Enforcing the law is a full-time job. This guy has a half an ounce, and he's also bringing a friend. They want to exchange the half ounce for sex. Police, let me put your hand on top of your head. You got hypo right. devices, they got a bag full of dope. Both just got out of prison. If we weren't cops, the girl that would have been here probably would have been in some serious trouble. Saturday at 8. So, with sport, we already touched on NASCAR. You know that Na- do you know the NBA has been talking about coming back. They have set plans to come back, and the NHL has set plans to come back. As of the recording of this podcast, Joe, the player has not been named yet, but a Boston Bruin has tested positive for COVID. Hmm. And I can't like honestly, yeah, NASCAR driving makes sense. Golf makes sense. Tennis makes sense. Baseball, I can kind of see because, you know, you don't have to sit in the bench next to each other and you don't have to sit in the bullpen next to each other. But I don't know how the 
pitcher, catcher, and umpire social distance. I don't know how the first baseman and you know somebody on first base social distance. So, so that one I'm not sure about. But it's like, how do you social distance in the paint? Like, how does LeBron, <laughs> you know, social distance trying to you know dunk? And, but and the same thing in hockey. It's like you know, it's like the breathing and the fight. You know, not even the fighting, fighting, but just. You know, you can't play hockey with a mask on. You you even saw like the Winter Classic. Some people tried to put like masks on in the freezing cold when they did the Winter Classics outside, like you know Calgary and and Edmonton and stuff like that. But seriously, I've been saying this. Um, a friend of mine, you know, we've been working our project. If the NBA was coming back, doing an anthem thing with some deployed soldiers, and and we were talking about this the other day. It's like, yeah, I don't really want to work too hard on this because. I don't see it coming back. I know they have plans to come back, but again, in the places where they haven't hit the first curve, why is this coming back? And then like the last couple of days, you've seen footage of like the Bruins practicing and other NHL teams starting to have practices. And yet we're not even a week into practices and somebody on the Bruins tested positive, which means the Bruins tested positive, you know, yeah. which me, I mean, it's like, how many players does it take? And let's say you do come back and, you know, I mean, there's, there's some NBA players who are saying, look, we, we know we're going to be out in the first round of the playoffs. Why are we coming back and playing, you know, 10 games of regular season? And then, you know, and all this, why are we putting ourselves in risk to play three weeks of basketball? The people who are like, you know, the Lakers who had a good team this year, uh, who are poised to go to the finals. Yeah, I can see them wanting to take a run at it. But honestly, you get two rounds in playoff, LeBron gets it, and now you're going to cancel it. You're going to cancel it. You're going to go on without your best player. I mean, and, and like I said, if one player on a team has it, the team has it, you know? Yeah, this is a, this is a, a real... It's like my uh, ex-wife. <laughs> oh, it's uh, yeah, I mean, talk about it. Yeah, the canary in the coal mine kind of thing. It's like... Right, but the NBA is a little bit more, I think, further along than the NHL, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they had set dates and cities and all that stuff. Yeah, and 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 Disney's a big, 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 big part of getting the NBA on its feet. So that's a lot of money. There's a lot of stuff behind the push to get the NBA back, and there's probably you know fewer games that need to be played with the NBA versus the NHL, but still. Yeah, you wonder what is the is there an eject button? Is there a parachute cord where they just go? You know what? Ah, we tried. I think I think we hit it. I think the I think I think you're weeks out from actually starting it, and a, a player as of right now, a player has tested positive. But you're talking. You know, they were talking about like you like you said in Disney. Let's put it down in Orlando. Florida again is one of those places that hasn't hit the curve yet, you know. And and even and they're gonna. The- I'm sorry. And like speaking of Disney, they're going to be reopening the Disney parks at 25, you know, percent and that's a whole other topic. Right. You know, we 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 can talk about that. Some, you know, but the wife and I were talking about that. You know, last night we no nobody you have met Joe or will meet loves Disney more than us, which is which is crazy for me because I've been able to separate, you know. Walt Walt Disney <laughs> from what he's created and he's been dead for 60 years but yeah it's you know mm-hmm. it's Nazi blood money um but yeah i mean we love going we like when we talk about moving back you know it, it, it's john and biff it, it's the beach it's disney you know what i mean those are the things that it's like you know i'm sorry i should also say 
All-Star Tommy, Scotty Black, Renetsky. <laughs> and the know. rest. And you know, No, but seriously, my, my friends there, you know, the hockey sucked towards the end. But, you know, those guys are just are just great and, and the beach and life and the weather. And, but we live for the theme parks. I can't imagine, you know, we're not going to a park. We're not going to a park probably till next summer. And that's if there's a vaccine and if people have taken the vaccine <laughs> and if you people know, will take the vaccine, yeah. you, you know, you know, all this stuff. I mean, no, though, there's so many bridges to cross. And like I said, you know, I, I think at one point we all get it. I, I, you know, what I mean, I think at one point we're all going to get a cold or a flu or something like that. And we don't know what this is yet. But, yeah, the fact that they're opening up, I get it. They're a huge business and it's costing them tens of millions a day to be to be shut. But like bringing back the NBA, bringing back the NHL. And, and here's my my dire prediction. I don't see the NFL happening this year. Mm, yeah. I, not, not in front of fans. No. No. You know, and, and if you are going to play football, I mean, do you really want to play it? You know, I mean, how much how much intensity do the fans bring and the atmosphere and all that stuff? And we know the money is 90 percent with TV, so that will probably be fine. And, you know, get, Vegas is open, so they'll be taking the, 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 the betting money and all that stuff. Yeah. But but honestly, like, you know, you have to release. Here's the thing with the NFL. You have to release your injury report on Wednesday. On Thursday, on Friday, you have to update that all because of the gambling. It's like, what if somebody on Saturday night tests for COVID? You know what I mean? And you just placed a thousand dollars on this point spread. How much does the line move in twenty four hours? You know, if the great, if the great Stidham, the quarterback of the New England Patriots next year, like, is not going to play that Sunday's game? It's like that. It's just crazy to think. That, that, that is all coming back. And like I said, they're a month away from starting and already an NHL player on, on my beloved Bruins has tested positive. So, yeah, I guess it's all part of the, you know, reopening and possible reshutting of America and the world. It's, we don't know. We just, you know, we're kind of playing it by ear. There's a lot of financial pressure, a lot of political pressure and a lot of public pressure to get things back to normal and sometimes you know we might we might need another second reminder like hey this isn't uh, just because people are protesting in the streets and you know stuff like that doesn't mean that covid is automatically like gone so so two things joe i'm going to go back 20 minutes cuz i meant to bring this up earlier sadly joe we will never shut down the economy again it won't happen again. It doesn't matter if there's spikes here and there. We've normalized that a thousand people are going to die of this a day in our country. Secondly, it's not that bad. It's not real. It's a hoax. But just in case you have to sign this waiver before you go see the president at his race rally. I love that. The same people who said, you know, a month ago, oh, COVID is a hoax. It's not real, but it's really bad. We got to let Paul Manafort out of jail are the same people who are now saying it's not that bad. It's time to go back to work. But if you're going to come to the rally where, where, where Bunker Boy is speaking, you have to sign a waiver saying if you get it, you can't, you can't sue. sue. Us. Yeah. So, so it's not real. But you have to sign saying if you if snuffle up against shows up in your backyard, <laughs> then you don't blame us for that. So, so yeah, it's just ridiculous all around to try to do sports now. I think it, I think it's 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 really a, a tough sell. It's a tough it's a tough sell. But I, I I I don't know. We'll see. I guess you know what some people if 
they don't know, you can't tell them. At this point, yeah. If, if, at this point, like like the guy from FNH, if your father-in-law died from it and you were quarantined because you caught it, and it's a little unclear if the chicken came first or the egg, either way, if that doesn't convince you that this is real, then then I, you know, me, me screaming in a podcast <laughs> ain't going to help. That said, are you playing any games and not just with my heart this week? <laughs> I, you know what, I'm not really. I'm just sort of, uh, I'm watching basically like a season a night of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, I don't have my glasses yet. My new glasses ordered them on ordered them online uh, last week. Uh, management, you know, has his place, and I had a, you know, it was fun. You had to scan my face and head from three different ways to take measurements and all this stuff. Uh, they were about a third the price. We'll see if they're a third the quality when they get in. Uh, you know, it was only like. Fifty or uh, forty-two dollars, and, and it's only reason it was that high is one of my eyes is so messed up. Um, but the person who wants to spend twenty-five dollars on Greece too didn't pay for the ten dollars to rush them. So I'm not playing any games this week. Uh, but I, I, I will say I'm, uh, I'm excited that uh, I know what I'm getting for Christmas. Oh, really? Yes. What is that? That would be the PS5. Oh, yes. We got to talk PS5 reveal. There was a re- uh, an announcement, uh, a live you know, online announcement made a couple of days ago by Sony that premiered or previewed the PlayStation 5 design, which is kind of funky to begin with. But the other thing is that, yeah, there's a new, um, new Resident Evil game on the horizon. But I don't think that's coming out until 2022. 2021 maybe uh, yeah so i mean i don't know the actually release date in the states for the ps5 but i'm not uh, i've bought in uh bought in a couple ps4s within the last year and uh yeah i wouldn't and, uh, buy the ps5 at launch i think i think it's coming out uh, it says holiday 2020 so so i may i might get a gift certificate saying i'm going to get it and then i'll pick it up when they've been around are you going to get the yeah. star wars action figure card that reserves your place you remember that with that uh yeah yeah when they uh they, they had the shortage of figures in the 70s and they gave they had to put something under the tree so they gave the kids those cards that said this yeah. is an honest to goodness certificate that ensures you that when we finally mint these things in february or march you're gonna get your luke skywalker action figure but you know don't worry kids just give us your money now it's called a pre-order. Right. We're inventing this thing as we we're kind of you know just you know spitballing here. You give us money <laughs> now, and then you know six or eight months later you'll get your toy. But the same thing with the PS5. You're gonna probably not get the PS5 right away, nor should you, because who buys a fucking platform Buggy. on day one? No, yeah, uh, a lot of idiots. But um, but yeah, the village is going to be Resident Evil Eight, and it is a continuation from Resident Evil Seven that I liked very much. I haven't cracked the seal. Of Resident Evil Three, you know the the remake, and I, I did. I like all all during quarantine. You know what, Joe? It, there was time now, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I didn't get that. So so so. There's also so, a yeah. new Spider-Man game coming out. Uh, based on uh, um, Miles Morales. Uh, Marley's, yeah. So Ma- that's yeah, exciting. Ma- yeah, Ma- Miles. I guess it's like um, it is going to be a standalone game. That it is essentially a continuation of Marvel Spider-Man, the fantastic game that came out last year for the PlayStation Four, and uh, yeah, that's gonna that that'll sell some that'll move some PS5s. You know, there are some titles there that are you know 
they're they're. I mean, obviously the PS5 is going to sell. It's not going to be a dud. It. Um. I mean, it's a beast of a machine. It. They did like a, a height comparison or a size comparison to the other PlayStation consoles on one of these websites, and the it's about two or three inches taller. If you were to stand the PlayStation Four on its end, it's about three inches taller than that, and maybe like another inch wide. If you get the one with the disc. Because you can get two versions. There's a disc version and then there's a digital version of the PS5 that are coming out. But it uh, it looks white. It looks like something out of Wally. And and uh, and are when do they phase out of physical Media. discs? I uh, well probably in the next five years or so. I would say the six. I would say when, when PS6 comes out, gone. By then, okay. yeah, because this is also backward compatible with the PS4. Oh, good. Okay, so, so my PS4 games will work. Supposedly, yeah. I wonder. I don't know how limited that library of backward compatibility will be, but yeah, it's going to be like you know, the, the PS4 itself was a complete divorce from the the old systems. Right. You know, you couldn't play PS3s on the PS4, but this is going to be more transitional. But it's a powerful system. It um, it, it looks like it's going to be pretty great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the price tag is. Did they say what the price was? Did you see a price tag? I, I saw like four ninety nine. I also saw five ninety nine. Yeah. So. so I don't know. Yeah, we probably will get it for Christmas twenty twenty one. Okay. Um, but but that's that's the only name news. And now, as far as like Netflix and TV, you're just watching, I'm watching Curb, and um, oh, uh, a couple of things. One, as I saw, the, did you see the new Dave Chappelle thing that kind of surprise dropped online? I did not. I saw them talking about it on the news today, so I'm going to try to watch it tonight. Yeah, I woke up to it yesterday morning, and it was on my Twitter timeline. I was like, oh, and it's it's titled 8, uh, 846, and, yeah. and it's uh, obviously it's about the amount of time that George Floyd was pinned to, by his, to, to the ground by his neck. Um and uh, the it, it's, uh, there's also a significance of that time in 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 Dave Chappelle's life. It's a it's a it's a half hour special. It's a uh, basically he did a live stand up in an open field kind of stage area in Ohio where it was like a social distance. First, I think it's like the first public non car like non drive in right uh, stand up uh, venue or whatever you want to call it. And it was pretty powerful. Not not entirely funny, but it was you know, it was really like uh, this is a, a, I think a turning point in Dave Chappelle's comedy career and like how he's being like how he's maybe want to per- be perceived in the, in the public eye. I mean, he's already been revered. He he won a Mark Twain Award last year. He came out with a great special that he got some shit for for some you know some trans stuff and. You know that you know that there's going to be some bumps along the road, but this one it's 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 and it's free on YouTube. It's it's a must watch. You got to check it out. Oh, yeah. I um, definitely will. And the other thing is, uh, I watched um, a new movie, brand spanking new movie. Oh, called The King of Staten Island. Oh, we we that 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 is on management in my uh, to watch list this weekend. Yeah, you can rent it on Amazon for like twenty bucks. And um, it's it's good. I liked it a lot. I uh, Pete Davidson's gr- good in it. Marissa Tomei is great in it. And fucking Bill Burr, Bill Burr. You know my favorite 
new Star Wars uh, character. He crushes it. He crushes it in this movie. He is so good. So funny. Like, he almost saves the movie in a way. Because the movie, it's dark. It's dark and kind of sad. It's basically what Pete Davidson would have become had he not discovered comedy is essentially, like, what you're looking at. You know, he's a stay-at-home, like, bum, basically. He's, like, a wannabe tattoo artist, lives with his mom, sister's going off to college, he's going nowhere, dad died as a fireman, and not 9-11 related, he just died in a fire. And then, like, Bill Burr kind of comes into his mom's life, and, uh, you know, he's kind of a... Like a kind of a surrogate stepdad in a way with to Pete Davidson, but that's about as much as I'm going to tell you about the movie. But there's like you know, it, 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 it's uh, it's Steve Buscemi's in it too. It's it's all filmed on Staten Island. It was it, it's um it's a it's a good it's a good uh, it's a good watch. But yeah, Bill Burr, I mean, he's just so like so natural, like funny, natural, like good. a really good actor. Um, Sign me up. Yeah. So okay, I'm I'm boring you. You watch the movie. No, 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 no. I'm I'm literally I I I I really like Pete Davidson. It's also directed by Jed Apatow. Yes. Who who most of his stuff I really, really like. So And that seems to be his his uh, MO. Like he did he did this with like Amy Schumer with Trainwreck and Kumail Nanjani with the Big Sick. And now Pete Davidson, you know? Yeah. I'm not. I'm, wait, I'm not waving fans away, but you know, I understand. You know, uh, hey, look, you know, I share a uh, a workspace with a to be famous YouTuber who I, I'm, I'm cutting into their time now. Oh no! <laughs> it's like you know, I gotta get out of the edit suite soon. Oh, um, you want so. I recommended Space Force, and uh, All Star watched it and uh, liked it. Maybe not as much as I did. You know what I mean? I, I think I hundred percented it myself. I, I think I did you. Yes. So I mean that that scene where the uncrypt John Malkovich's double encrypted file. Yeah, of course that's funny. But it's Dude. just like I don't know. I, I, again, it's like I'm probably in in his boat or, or a little soft you you want it more making fun of the fact that there's a space force and the where, where the directions come from and stuff like that it's just not it's not super biting you know what i mean it's not um it's safe it's not it's, the office and probably i mean obviously it's not going to be the office but it's not like you know anything like that it's uh it's yeah it, it's funny but it's middle of the road M.A., TVMA funny. You know, there's the, F, I, you know, they swear and all that stuff. Right. It's fine. I watch a second season, but it's not like I'm, I'm reading and scouring the, inter- the internet to see if they've got picked up for a second season. I mean, I liked it. I'm glad I watched it. I mean, I like how it ended. Like, the, you know, the kind of cliffhanger it ended. Like, mm-hmm. you can, it, 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 they got. I, I think they ended it like, oh, we got to work for us first and we have a second season. Yeah. Uh, well, it's good. I, they, uh, they upped the stakes at least. And yeah. I did. I, I like John Malkovich's. I like I like Steve Carell a lot. I really like John Malkovich. He's really good character. there, too. Yeah, no, he kind of steals the series. He's really good. I did watch, um, I, I guess it's a two-parter, um, and I had seen bits of it before, the Patton Oswalt special that you that you recommended a couple weeks ago where he's, he's doing stand up on that like little stage with the oval 
and he's walking around. He's like, you know, and, and part of his routine was like walking into Oval going hiking. He goes, I'm going to tell people that I had HBR, I had Netflix built this stage to fit my bit just so I could walk in an oval in it. Yeah. Um, well, what, yeah. So, you know, if you haven't watched the special, you know, maybe tune out for the next forever because, you know, hey, I'm just doing your public service announcement. Don't listen to any more of our podcast. But regarding this Patton Oswald special, did you like the the story about how his wife, you know, put that note on his car and they had the fight? Yes. Yeah. Um, what about the uh, the the Star Wars, the the, the Millennium Falcon story? Dude, I, well, when you said, it's like, oh, he's talking to you. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Patton, Patton Oswald, had, you know, have you seen Patton Oswald and I in the same room at the same time? You know, you got me on that one. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you know, exactly. But like how crushing, well, not crushing, but yeah, crushing was that Millennium Falcon story. Dude, it's, 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 I, now I haven't seen part two. Like, I guess it was like, was it one long special or is it two oh, specials? No, no, no. It's one special. The second part is a, actually a, um, it's like a bonus thing. Where oh. it's it's another comedian. It's basically he he did a, he pulled a fast one. He's like, hey, if you liked my special, watch this guy for an hour. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Because I didn't get to that yet. No, but it's like there was one other bit. There was the Star Wars thing. There was his wife thing, and there was one other thing that I'm like, oh, it's just like you know when Jim Gaffigan goes out of his way to make fun of just me with his routine. <laughs> you know, talking about going to the gym. It's like. You know, what are you working on today? I'm just here so I don't eat for the next hour. <laughs> you know, uh, I also, and I texted you yesterday. Um, I don't, it was, obviously it was a few weeks ago when he passed away. The wife noticed and she taped it for me. Uh, Fred Willard hosting SNL back in 78. Yeah. Uh, so the whole episode was up there. I hadn't watched the whole thing from start to finish. We talked about it. And I saw clips, but I watched the whole thing. Yeah, I didn't see the whole thing. I don't have. I think I got. I'm sure it's on Hulu if I looked it up. But um, they, that's yeah. It. How was it? It's okay. He was only in a few skits. Yeah. Like, like in his opening number, he does a song as Elvis, huh. and, and there's no like. It's not over the top a funny parody of Elvis. He's op- He's basically doing an impression of an Elvis impersonator type thing but he sings a whole song uh and then he's uh, there's one skit where he's directing um and john belushi is a stuntman who comes in halfway through like the guy gets shot and he has to fall off this building and john belushi comes and falls and really hurts himself on the fall like you know and it's like um you know but it, but uh, you know there you know it there, was was a, look, there was also a sketch where scott uh, fred willard is the manager of a scotch tape store scotch, yep <laughs> and, and, and uh, oh, who comes? Dan Eckward comes in to like borrow a fuse from them. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the, the news was funny. It was like, you know, Bill Murray. Um, uh, Bill Murray is great. Jane, but Bill Murray and Jane Curtin were the hosts of the news. Like they did the news. Yep. Uh, Jane Curtin and Dan Aykroyd had a um, uh, on the hot seat with that character that Dan Aykroyd does, the over the top, awful sales guy. And in this case, he his company provided the school lunches for New York City students, and he was given like two dollars and fourteen cents a day per student to spend on lunches, and he's spending about twenty five cents. 
and 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 talking about like like the nutrition and then this and, and then it's like you call this a nutritious lunch blah 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 where's the fruit where's the vegetables like oh so a fruit is good for you uh let's just say let, let's just say i bite this apple and it's like i pretty the wrong on. way and he starts choking on the apple yeah it was it was it was boilerplate paint by numbers 1978 saturday night live and by that, I mean it was awesome. Yep, and, right. You know, you know, Devo was the musical guest. Yeah, and it it was it was it was Devo when they were this weird group out of like Cincinnati, Ohio. It was way four years before Whip It. Way before Whip It, yeah. You know, and it was, but they were Devo. You know, they were in these and these hazmat, you know, suits. You know, yeah, with but the cone hats and all that stuff, and the yep. and, and the sunglasses, the glasses, yeah. yeah it, it, it was it was it was fair. but that's literally all I've watched this week. I did not watch Batman Begins. I did oh. not watch Pacific Rim. I did not watch Endgame. <laughs> you didn't? Did you get? Um, oh, oh, did you watch Wapner? I, I definitely Wapner. Four thirty. Four thirty is Wapner. Look, if this guy, if he doesn't watch Judge Wapner right now, you're going to have a scene in the front of your house on this front porch. <laughs> Dude, that's. It might be my favorite Tom Cruise moment ever when he's bargaining with the woman to let his brother in. <laughs> to a stranger's and, house. Right. And, and, the, and the kid's crying like, I want to watch cartoons. <laughs> you know, he's just sitting there watching his Wapner. Oh, oh man. But you got a, you got a parenting tip this week, Mr. Mr. Homebody in quarantine? <laughs> you know how much I love this question. And you know how much I love to answer this question. <laughs> I thought you were going to go, and you know how much I love my kids. Right. Oh, yeah. I take care of my kids. I can't even you say that. Cookie? Right. I can't even say that. I am failing. Failing. I can't even say failing upward. There is no upward anymore. This is just I'm, I'm failing. They're poor, poor kids. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, maybe I, hey, hey, man. Hey man, you you got a parenting tip I can borrow, man? I, I'll, I'll pay you back next week. I swear. Uh, well, you won't like this one because it involves working out, and uh, I did. I am. Uh, I don't want to brag because uh, I'm still seventy pounds overweight. But I uh, this is the first time I've been on a program for a long time, and um, for, by long time I mean four whole weeks, and we're doing it. We started doing it this week as a family. And it's great because I've used the parenting tip before, but I don't like to do it. And misery loves company. <laughs> and we all have to do it, but I'm leading by example. But my parenting tip of the week is if you don't want your kids to grow up to be big fat fox, uh, maybe start a healthy eating program and workout regimen. Before they become, you know, hmm. unhealthy big fat fox. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm trying to uh, 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 display better. I'm, I'm also on day seven, soda free. Great. I don't know. Is it? I had is to it? order a soda the other day because I've been going back to the drive-through more because I've had to go back into work every day for certain things. So I'm on the road around lunchtime, and so I'm back in my own old habits. And I went to a fast food restaurant, and they're like, 
Yeah, can I get a? I usually get a bottled water, which I know plastic for the environment. I, look, it's all bad. I get it. It's all bad. I, I'm trying, but they're like, no, we're out of bottled water. I was like, okay, I guess I'll have a coke, and you know, did they did they have a coke or did they say no coke Pepsi? No, I went to a uh, a good place that had a oh, coke. Okay. Yeah. All right, you, you you didn't go to that burger shop and sign that live in 1977. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, no, just going to cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and yeah, so that's good. I'm I'm glad to see that you're. Yeah, and 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 and, and the oldest guy has to be in the water more doing his aquatic therapy and it's been actually we we haven't been playing hoops as much but we've been doing uh you know the treading water and swimming laps without touching the bottom of the side so 25 minutes um it is not easy <laughs> you know uh-huh. you, you make a big fuck like me with floaties here but i uh turns out if i don't keep my arms and legs moving uh yeah. Glub, glub, glub. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know. Right. So my parenting... Wait, so wait. Uh, Kate Winslet can't survive on your back, is what you're saying. No, no, no. I, I don't believe so. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we, we survived another week. Hopefully we make another uh, one more week. Um, you know, um, I, I, I believe I believe the family is doing a family outing to another um, Black Lives Matters rally tomorrow hopefully it will be you mean yesterday (laughs) as yesterday yeah yeah. no it's monday i got nothing to do and that's a tuesday thing yeah it's a tuesday protest well they are every day and uh but uh, but i'm done joe but thank you for the thank you for the entertainment thank you for the self-indulgent theater oh thank you i think uh, you came up with it i didn't have to prod you to do it i I, you know it made it delightful i would be delighted our delight. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would be delighted to do more self-indulgent theaters with you. If they're more like that, I mean, I, I don't know. I think I came out pretty good. So <laughs> I'm going to stop now. Thanks for listening, everybody. Carnival Personnel Podcast uh, coming at you. 2020. It's uh, it's, only, it's only half. We're, we're only halfway there. And whoa, oh. we are living on a prayer. Take my hand. We'll make it. Eh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't swear to it, but that's uh, that's about it. And um, no, and by the oh, this is going to be an open letter to Jacques. Stop requesting copyrighted songs for closing song. <laughs> uh, stop. I'm not. Okay. I'm not going out oh. on copyright. Stop. I just don't. You know. Come on. No more. You know. Satisfaction by Rolling Stones. No. That's uh, I, oh man. I can't talk to you now because this is the closeout. This is where Jacques goes Marcel Marceau on us. Oh no, we've lost Jacques and we're stuck with Joe. Yeah, well, this is it. This is the way it goes. Uh, Ramble fast over. Don't forget.